0: Open your Bibles, please to the book of John chapter 1. We're working our way through this great chapter of the Bible and I'm going to welcome you whether you're watching online or here in person. We're glad you're worshiping with us and it's a great privilege to worship together. I hope you don't take it for granted. And if you're a guest, you can fill out a text to connect, to connect online or the um, connection card here in the service and, and we'll give you some inf- send you some information about our church. Well, open your Bibles to John 1. We're going to talk this morning about children of God. You may remember that chapter 1 of John really tells us more of who Jesus is. He's described as the Word of God. Uh, verse 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's speaking of Jesus. The Word was God. He is the revelation of who God the Father is, who, the God, who God as a whole is. And uh, let's read now beginning with verse 10. The Bible says he was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who are born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. So let's talk about what it means to be a child of God. The Bible says in salvation, God becomes our heavenly father. We become his children adopted into his family. It's a powerful imagery of the connection that we can have with God. Um, there's a powerful bond between uh, parents and children. My, uh, The other day, we live in a country and my wife and I saw a bunch of turkeys come into our yard. And they were as best I could count. They stayed a long time. there eating bugs and crab apples and things like that. And there were five hens, and uh, 16, as best I could count, 16 poults. They're called poults, the little babies, the little chicks. And it was fascinating to watch them in the yard. And the the mothers are very attentive to the needs. You don't think of turkeys, of turkeys perhaps being uh, having a great maternal instinct, but they're very aware of danger. And so they would stop very often and just stand still and just you know, lift their head up and just watch carefully. They have tremendous eyesight and they were watching for any hint of danger and had there been danger they would have done a little, make a little uh, chirping noise and off, with that, off they would all go or if necessary they would even if necessary they would do all the damage they could to any predator that would dare to attack. Well God in heaven tells us about this little, this, this instinct that he has with us this connection he has with us We can become God's children. That's not a small thing to say we can become God's children. And so would you just note a couple of principles with me? If you're taking notes, I'll suggest a few things you write down. And the first principle I'd like you to note is some miss the relationship God offers. Some miss the relationship God offers. God created us for fellowship with him. That's why you're created. And if you're saved, he saves you for fellowship with him. God wants that. I can't always understand why he does, but I know that he does. And God uh, reminds us, though, that while we have the opportunity for a relationship with God, many will miss that. Many will miss that. Some right in the middle of a church, some who are very good by the world's standards. But our relationship with God is broken by sin. We live in a broken world. We've all been broken by sin. We've all gone our own way. There's a brokenness. You know that in your own life somewhat, don't you? When you're honest enough with yourself to see the truth. And the Bible tells us some will miss the relationship God offers. Let's note a couple of things here. One, one way they do it is by not recognizing Jesus. The Bible says this in verse 10. He was in the world, speaking of the word, speaking of Jesus. He was in the world. That is it's reminding us here of what we sometimes call the incarnation. God became a man. Next week if you're here we're going to look at one of the, one of the powerful verses that talks to us about the incarnation and what that means. So Jesus was in the world. God became a man. Remember how the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And now it's saying in verse 10, he was in the world. The Word, the one who created the world and everything that's in it, became a man. God became a man and lived among us. And yet many will never consider who Jesus is. They'll never consider who Jesus is. It's surprising how many never really think about this in any serious sense. And they just think of Jesus sort of as a teacher from long ago. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how that's not an option Jesus gives us. He's either telling us the truth or he's not. Or they never consider what Jesus wants from their lives or never really think about why God has them in this world or who Jesus is or if he really is the Savior of the world as the Bible claims he is. The Bible says he was in the world and the world was created through him. The world was created through him. Creation is a witness. It's an evidence of who God is. It's a witness of God, of who he is. When we see creation, we see a little of who God is as a witness to us. When I see a watch, I say, with that kind of intricacy and detail, there must be a watchmaker. When I see a phone… I say with that kind of detail, that kind of structure, there must be a phone maker somewhere in the world. When I see a world with all the details God has made, all the creation that he has, all the, all the incredible intricacy of life, I say there must be a world maker. And yet many people look at this creation and never consider the one who made this world. It's a witness to us. When we see the mountains, some states have bigger mountains than we do here in Illinois. Perhaps you're aware of that. And when we see them, we're reminded of the greatness of God. When we see the sunsets, and we have beautiful sunsets here often, we're reminded of the beauty of God. If you ever think, you know, I'm not sure how big God is. I don't know if he can take care of my needs. I don't know if he can deal with the problems I'm facing. When we look into the heavens and we see stars that are huge, incredibly far away, shining to our eyes, these eyes created in, created by God, these incredible, incredible, intricate details, we call an eye. When we see that, we're reminded that God is big and that he cares about us in the smallest ways. And the Bible says he was in the world and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. The world did not recognize him. God who became a man, God who created the world, and yet he came into the world, and many did not even know who he was. They never recognized him. They couldn't see who he was. There's another reason why some miss the relationship God offers, and that is by rejecting Jesus. Verse 11 says, he came to his own. It's sort of saying here, he came home. God made this world, and he came into this world. It's his. He came to his own. This world made by him, and yet the world failed to recognize him. The Bible says he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. His own people did. It's true of his people in the sense that we're all created by God, all of us created by God. It's true in the sense that his own people, the the people of Israel, called by God, set apart by God, did not recognize him. Think about that. With every advantage they have, every time I read through the Old Testament, I'm reminded of all the advantages and opportunities of of the people of Israel, and many of them would reject the Lord. They had all the evidence of the prophets, They had all the examples of people like abraham who lived by faith they had the promise of a coming messiah born of the lineage of david and yet when jesus came born of the lineage of david the messiah they didn't recognize him they had the law the law points out that god is holy and we are not i mean you cannot read the old testament without seeing the evidence of that that god is holy and we are not. God gave us the law, and we cannot keep the law fully, and that we've all sinned, and we all have this need. And they had evidence of the need for God. They had examples of the atonement from the days of the temple and the tabernacle, that there's always, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, the Bible says. And yet, when Jesus came into this world that he created to the people that he set apart, they missed it with every opportunity and every advantage. By the way, that's not unlike the people of our culture and our generation who have every opportunity who have every opportunity you could watch a church service anytime preaching the message of god they can have a bible you can have a bible of your own to read in your own language you can take your phone and read the bible or have it read to you on your phone and yet many will miss in fact in your case you will have heard the gospel at least this one time as you're watching. You'll, you'll at least one time have heard the gospel message of God's love for us and, and sins, the problem that sin caused that separated us from God and how God sent his son Jesus to live for us and then to die in our place and to rise again and how we can have a relationship with God and we become, can become his children. We won't be able to say, you know, I never really had a chance. I never really had an opportunity to hear. You won't be able to say that. I had a a pastor friend told me this story recently. He was out hiking with his wife in the Smoky Mountains in the, I think, Tennessee part of it. And they were walking down, you know, their mountains there, and the Smoky Mountains are bigger than our mountains here in Illinois as well. And they were walking, you know, along a path and uh, not very many people out as a weekday. And um, another couple came by and they said, hello, how are you? You know, and they said, where are you from? And the man said, we're from Virginia. And he said, oh, what brings you here all the way from Virginia? And the man paused and kind of choked up. And he said, my mother passed away, and we came for the funeral. And this man, my pastor friend, said, you know, I'm a a pastor, and if you want to just you know, tell me the story. I'll pray with you if you like. And the guy said, really? He said, yeah, sure. And so the guy just started telling the story of his mother. You know, he had joined the uh, Coast Guard, and he'd been gone from his family, you know, most of his adult life, and, and his mother, you know, meant so much to him, and she had passed away, and he just kind of, you know, choked up as he told the story of his mother and how sad he was, and my friend said, um, you know, God made you for a purpose, and can have a relationship with god and told him that basic gospel message i just mentioned to you and and he prayed with the man and um gave him you know some information about how he could get in contact if he wanted to find out more about faith and then they walked on you know going opposite ways what the guy didn't know was that there's a switch back in the mountains you don't just typically climb straight up, you know, you kind of go back and forth. And so that man was walking on, they were walking, but they ended up coming close to each other. They couldn't see each other, a lot of brush between. They could hear, but he could hear, my pastor friend could hear this man say to his wife, he said, that was unbelievable that there would be some guy who would pray with me and let me kind of, you know, share my burden with, about my mom. And then he said, maybe there is a God Maybe there is a God. I'm telling you, God in heaven cares about you. You matter to him. and Perhaps God has brought you to this moment and this place so that you would hear this message because God cares about you. And you live in a broken world. It's a painful, hard world. But God cares about you. And you matter to him. And he's saying saying to you the truth of how you can have a relationship with him. But can I just tell you, many will miss this relationship that God offers They'll ignore the Lord or, or reject the Lord sometimes outside the church sometimes right in the church there's a second principle I'd like you to note with me that is you can have a personal relationship with God we can have this God wants us, God made us for a personal relationship with him, you can have a personal relationship with God let me tell you some ways what this means first it means we trust him it means we trust him So verse 12 says this, but to all who did receive him. Now, some will reject the Lord, but to all who did receive him. Now, when it says receive, it's reminding us that salvation is a gift that God gives. It's not something we've earned. We don't do something to gain it. It's not like we can pay for it ourselves. We're sinners. We're separated from God. Jesus did the work. He died in our place. He he paid the penalty that was ours. He paid the debt. We receive the gift that he gives to us. The Bible says, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name, to those who believe in his name. Now, that word for belief is more than just a mental assent, though certainly we use our intellect. But God is saying, when we believe in his name, we're trusting the Lord. We're placing our faith in him. We believe in his name. It represents who he is and who is and his power, his greatness, the name Jesus means a savior. He is the savior. He's the one who can forgive us, and we trust him. So I often explain it like this. How does someone trust Christ as savior? How can someone know him as savior? I I use these three words to describe it. Number one, we repent. That is, we recognize that we have sinned, we're going the wrong direction, and we turn from our sin to go God's direction. We repent. Number two, we believe. We place our faith, we place our trust in Jesus, who died for us on the cross, and who rose from the grave on our behalf. And then we receive him as Savior. That is, it's a gift. We have to be willing to accept him as Savior. We receive this gift that he's given to us. We trust him. We, In prayer, we ask him to save us. Perhaps some of you today would give your life to Christ, repent and believe, and receive him as Savior. Now, there's a second part of having a relationship with God. We gain rights through him. Just write that in your notes if you're taking notes. We gain rights through him. Verse 12 says, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. He gave them the right to be children of God. God gives us a right. We we know something about rights in our own country. In America, we have what we call our founding documents say are inalienable rights. Now, we often take those for granted, but we have rights. We say, there are some things that can happen and some things that can't happen. Just because someone may you know, be bigger than us or have more strength or power than us, they can't just do whatever they want. There's the rule of law. We have certain inalienable rights given to us by our creator, we say. and We don't always live up to those rights well, but we're, we've been given them, and we ought to appreciate them. By the way, it's, we ought not just to recognize the bad in our culture, and we have that. You know, you know why there's bad in our culture in, our, in the United States? Because it's made up of people. And as long as there are people, there are going to be sins. And as long as there's sin, there's going to be problems. As long as there's problems, there's going to be pain. And so sinful people, the only kind of people there are, we've all fallen short, make up a government. Government's made up of people. And so it's an imperfect government. I love that we have the freedoms that we have, and we recognize rights. It doesn't happen everywhere. So our tendency, of course, is to recognize the problems in our world, and there are plenty to recognize, and we don't ignore them. We ought not to ignore them. But we also ought to recognize the blessings we have. We ought not to take those for granted, right? We, we have rights. We ought not take them for granted. We ought to be thankful for the freedoms that we have. Well, the Bible tells us in, a, in the spiritual realm that Jesus is offering to us the right, a privilege. Well, what is it? To be children of God. This is not a small thing. We who are broken and fallen The Bible says even dead in our trespasses and sins can be adopted into God's family in salvation. So when we trust Christ as Savior, God adopts us, he makes us his child, and he becomes our heavenly father, a better father than any father in this earthly realm, in this earthly world. He is the perfect father, and he loves us perfectly, and we can be adopted into his family and be his children. So when... My wife and I had we have several children, and man, we, they are um, a great blessing and joy, and we loved them right from the beginning, of course, when we were, our first child was born when we were 23 years old, and we went to the hospital and all the hard work of having a baby. Vicky did the heavy lifting, but it was still you know pretty hard on Dad too, and it was exciting, and, and the, you know what's unbelievable is the next day, they sent us home, and we thought to ourselves. Should they be doing this? We don't, we don't know anything about what we're doing. Why would they? They're just going to send us home with this little tiny baby. We didn't know hardly anything. We didn't, except we knew we loved that little baby. And we loved those children that God put in our lives. And we were their parents, and there was a connection, something important about that. We loved them so much that we even loved them when they were teenagers. That's how much we loved them. One day my oldest daughter was walking by in the house, and I, I said to her, honey, uh, I love you, and she said, that's nice. <laughs> this is why tigers eat their young, I'll just tell you, that's why <laughs> it happens. I said it again, I said, honey, I love you. She said, I know. I said, honey, I love you. She said, Okay. said to her, honey, your daddy loves you. And she said what I was longing for her to say. She said, I love you too. And God in heaven says, when you trust him as Savior, I have adopted you into my family and I love you. The cross is evidence enough of the love of Jesus And he, I don't understand why he loves us, but I know that he loves us. And he wants us to respond to him and to his love as he's loved us. And he wants us, when he tells us how much he loves us, he longs for us. The father longs for his children to respond with that same kind of love back in return. That's, God wants a relationship with you. There's a third thing I want you to note here. By the way, isn't it interesting how often w- when we say God, God said to us, I love you, in some way or another, we're reading God's word or we're, we're worshiping him or singing about his love for us, and we say some, he says, I love you, and we say, Oh, that's nice. You know, I know. Okay. When God in heaven is longing for us to love him like he loves us, he loves, he loves that. Like any, like any godly parent loves the response of love from their children. There's a third thing I want you to know. We get life by him. Just write that in your notes, please. We get life by him. The Bible says in verse 12, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. Don't take that right for granted. To those who believe in his name, who were born. By the way, the Bible is saying we need more something more than just reform. You know, just if I can reform myself, I'll try better, and I'll try to be a nicer person. The Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Reform is not enough. More, we need something more than religion. Religion, rightly understood, is the response to a relationship with God, but many people make it a replacement for the, for the relationship God wants. And so we just do our Sunday morning thing or whenever it might be, and we just go on our business. The Bible says we need to be born Again, that's the words Jesus used in John chapter 3. Nicodemus came to him at night, and Jesus said to him, you you need to be born again. And he said, born again? I've already been born once. He said, no, you need to be born spiritually. You're dead in sins, and you need need life in Christ. He says in verse 13, who were born not of natural descent. It's not just a physical birth. That's not enough. You need to be born again. That first birth was a natural birth, a physical birth, you need to be born spiritually, Jesus says, who are born out of natural descent or of the will of the flesh. It's not that we work so hard. That's Many people think, I'll just try to get better and do better, work harder. You can't work your way to perfection. We've already sinned, all of us. We're already broken. We can't do enough. In fact, the tendency of the flesh is to go the wrong direction. You know that in your own life. It's not of the will of man, the Bible says. We're not we don't come to the Lord. We're not born because of our, how much our, our mother loved us or grandma prayed for us or a pastor taught us or a Sunday school teacher poured into us. It's, it's, the Bible says here, but of God, we're born of God, the Bible says in verse 13, who were born not of natural descent or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. God gives his life to us. He takes the deadness that we are and he gives us life and salvation. He takes us right where we are. He's not saying, you know, if you can improve, then I'll accept you. He takes you where you are, dead in your trespasses and sins, and he puts life in you. So I saw a video this week of a father who uh, his daughter had been killed in an accident. And in his grief, some time later, he went to visit the 20-year-old young man who had received her heart. They had donated her organs, and this 20-year-old man had a, a heart attack and was going to die without it. Just, a, just appeared to be the picture of health, but his heart was bad, and, and he received the heart from this father's daughter. And so in the video, you see the man arrive at the home of this 20-year-old. And they hugged. I don't know if this was pre-COVID or what, but I mean, they hugged the full, complete hug. I mean, just hugged, just crying and weeping with each other. And man, something got stuck in my eye and my eyes began to, to, to water when I watched those two grown men cry. Just embracing. By the way, the... The father was white and the 20-year-old man was black, and they didn't care because there's something deeper than the pigmentation of her skin. The world divides us by that. But they just hugged and they were just embraced. And then this young man said, I've got something for you. And he got out of a bag. He pulled out a stethoscope. And handed it to the father. And he began to unbutton his shirt. And that father wiped away the slobber from his face. And he put that stethoscope in his ears. And he put the end of the stethoscope to the heart of this man. And he heard in his chest the beating heart of his daughter. what God has done for you is to offer you the beating heart of his son and if you'll trust Christ to save you the Bible says God will take you from death to life and he'll give you meaning and purpose and salvation and he'll adopt you into his family and he'll forgive you your sins because Jesus Christ his son paid the penalty already for those sins And you will receive a home in heaven and a life worth living in this world. And the heart of Jesus will beat in you. And if you'll trust Christ as Savior, that can be the new life for you. Have you been born again? May I say to you, Christian, those of you who know you know Christ as Savior, when people hear your heart, can they hear the heart of the Lord Jesus beating in you? Don't take this lightly, this adoption that god has given to you don't take that lightly this is not a small thing there was a great sacrifice involved in this let's bow together for a word of prayer i asked you just a moment ago have you been born again i didn't ask if you were religious or if you were a good person by the world's standards have you been born again to use the words of jesus have you repented of your sins placed your faith in christ received him as savior if not why not today why not today The Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sins, and we need new life. We need a new birth, and Jesus is the only one who can do that. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus lived the life that we couldn't live. He lived the perfect life, and therefore, he could die the death we deserved. He died in your place on that cross. We deserve that cross. You deserve that cross. He died in your place. Jesus rose from the grave. He did the miracle that we need. He conquered death and the resurrection and if you will repent of your sin and place your trust and faith in Jesus and receive him as savior you'll be saved you can pray a prayer right now God I want to give my life to you I recognize that I've sinned against you but I believe you died on me for me on that cross you died for me on that cross long ago you rose from the grave on on my behalf and so here and now I turn from my sin and I give my life to you and I ask you to save me and if you mean that he'll save you Christian would you say God I want I want, my, I want to take this relationship seriously. I don't want to forget. I want to take it lightly. To be a child of God is a big thing. I want to thank you that you would love me so much that you would adopt me into your family. And I want to thank you that you would put your beating heart in my chest, in my spiritual life. God, help me to live the life that you saved me to live. Father, I want to thank you for the power of these verses in John chapter 1. I want to thank you for the impact they have upon us, for the difference they make in us and through us. Lord, would you call people to salvation, people who are listening to this message even this day, would you remind them of how much they need you and how much you love them and how they can know you as Savior? Would you call people to salvation? Father, would you help Christians who are adopted into your family to see how big that is and how much that means and to love you as you love us And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.